Thank you, Andrew. And I'd like to uh, first of all say thank you, Andrew and Chin, for your hospitality this weekend. I feel really at home uh, with you. And I feel really at home with you folks. I just sense that this is a church that's got its feet on the ground, right? And I, I think that's terrific. Um, just one comment about the communion. Um, Ruff uh, and church, don't stop having communion every Sunday. i tell you why. Because um, in that passage in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says, uh, For those who did do not discern the Lord's body, body, for this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and some die unnecessarily. And when... Um, when uh, Jesus was healing the people you read in the book of Matthew um, Matthew writes he says and he quotes Isaiah 53 by this is to fulfill what the prophet said by his stripes you are healed so in the bread is physical healing and in the in the wine is sins forgiven always remember that so you come every Sunday morning and say thank you Lord for my physical healing this week you know and you take that and you say, I claim physical healing today. And then thank you, Lord, for your precious blood, sins forgiven. You know? It's a wonderful thing. It's a, communion is your Sunday morning health tonic. All right? So keep that up. That's, that's terrific. Like you say, there's not many churches now that have communion every Sunday morning. So I commend you for that. Okay, now Andrew has asked me to uh, preach on uh, friendship evangelism. So today... Um, I'm going to talk about that subject. For a start, um, friendship, if you want to be a friendship evangelist, you've got to be friendly. <laughs> Simple, isn't it? Eh? You don't just you don't criticise people, you don't judge people, you be friendly, right? Talk about them, ask them questions about themselves. What do you do? Where do you work? You know, how you're going? All this. Talk about them, right? And even if you don't get to talk about the Lord, they go away thinking, well, that was a friendly person, you know? And that's how you, you open up the, the way. If you've got your Bibles there, let's um, have a look at Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 17 to 18. Um, how long have I got, uh, Senior Chief? Rough? How, Andrew, how... What time do you want me to finish? 11.30? 11.30, alright, I've got half an hour. Alright, that's good. Nehemiah chapter 4, 17 to 18. We'll start at verse 15. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to his own work. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows and armour. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked but the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me I want you to uh, have the thought this morning in friendship evangelism that you both have a trowel and a sword you all have uh, life's experiences you've got life skills 
You've got natural talents. But you also, as a Christian, you have the, the word of the Lord or the sword of the Spirit. And we often tend to think that the only people that can really do an effective work for the Lord are, are full-time pastors or full-time youth workers. Not so, right? You see, the, uh, the Israelites that returned with Nehemiah uh, back to Jerusalem to build the wall under the command of Cyrus, uh, they went back to um, build the wall, but they went back into an area that was run by the Samaritans, right? And they didn't want the wall built and they frustrated the work. And they, they threatened to pull the wall down. They threatened to actually kill the workers. And Nehemiah had to, to say, we are going to stand against this. We are going to build the wall, right? And uh, I want you to keep working, keep building the wall. Use your skills, use your talent, use your trowel, use your carpentry skills. We've got to put up the, the gates and all that sort of stuff. But you wear the sword by your side. So if the enemy comes, right, we're going to fight him. The sword and the trowel. You see, we have a great commission. The great commissions in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it's, right? And the great commission is that we go into all the world and preach the gospel. You've got it written over here. Make disciples of all nations, right? That means make disciples of all nations. Doesn't say only Australians. Doesn't say, uh, you know, Filipinos or New Guinea people or says Africans, it's all nations. That includes all cultures. It calls, uh, includes Islamists, right? Make disciples, disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And how are we going to do that? We are going to do it by being friendly, by using our skills and our talents, as well as the word of God. That's the, that's the strategy. Every All of us in our everyday walk and in our everyday life. You see, Sanballat, Tobiah and Geshem, these Samaritans, they wanted to destroy and prevent the building of the wall. Right? And we've got to understand that as Christians there needs to be resistance as we serve the Lord. And there needs to be a positive building. See, God uses our talents... He uses our Christian knowledge and experience in this fulfilling of the Great Commission to make disciples of all nations. Now, we have a good example of this. Um, Jesus gives us this example in John chapter 4, verses 4 to 30. Now, I'm going to bring you up actually seven points out of this. If you've got your Bibles, look up to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. This is Jesus going through Samaria. Now isn't it interesting that Nehemiah is building the wall it's, uh, and the Samaritans, Shechem and, and uh, Tobiah and Sanballat and all they wanted to destroy the work of the Lord. But in John chapter 4 we, we read this. It says there that in verse 4 now he had to go through Samaria. Jesus had to go through Samaria. So he's going to the Samaritans. Nehemiah is building a wall in amongst the Samaritans. 
But these people, these, these Jews that went back with Nehemiah, they understood very clearly what their purpose was. Their purpose was to build a wall, to bring security to the city of Jerusalem, to bring security to the people of God. They were going to build the wall. They knew what their job was. They knew what their calling was. They, they weren't, they weren't um, uh, double-minded right, in their project. And we have got a clear commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And we know the word of God. So with our clear vision and knowing who we are, we know we're saved by the blood of Jesus. We know we're going to heaven. We know who we are in Jesus. With that clear vision and that clear understanding, right? we also understand that we're in a world, we're in amongst a, a, a society of people that's anti-Christian, anti-God. The devil wants to kill, steal and destroy, pull down the work. That's what the devil wants to do. So we're in a fight. So you've, you've, got the, you've got your skills and your talents, you've got your trowel, but you've also got the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. We've got to use the both of them. Now, if you've got that clear vision, that clear understanding, you'll find that your friendship evangelism is, is a lot easier because you know where you're going, you know what you're doing, you know what your, what your call is. You're obedient to the call to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, Jesus knew... He had to go to Samaria. So he goes to Samaria, right, and he gets tired and he, he sits down by the well. And uh, the first, so the first point I want to bring out is that Jesus said to the woman at the well, he says, um, um, will you give me a drink, verse 7. Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with the Samaritans. See, the Samaritans were a mixed race of people. They weren't pure Jews and, and they had nothing to do with them. They wouldn't intermarry with them. You know, they, they, they didn't like them. They weren't too friendly to them. <laughs> but Jesus was friendly to the Samaritan woman. So the first key in this friendship evangelism is right, that you look at the subject at hand. What was the subject at hand? It was water. Jesus was thirsty. The woman at the well was come to draw water. So Jesus says, give me a, uh, give me a um, drink of water. That started the whole conversation. We looked at what, what we were doing at the time. You know, now I was. You know, where are? What are you doing at the time? Now, I'll give you an example. I, I taught plumbing apprentices for thirty years, and uh, that's apprentices, right? This is young men from eighteen to about twenty-three on the average, right? So I'm in this theory room, and there's uh, sixteen students there, and they're they're doing their their theory books, and I'm up the front desk, and and um, I was marking some some uh, some books. And one of the students, he, he uses the name of the Lord in vain. You know, speak Jesus' name in vain. You know? And I lifted my hand, I said, uh, called him by name, I said, look, please, I don't want to hear that sort of talk here, thank you. And uh, about three seconds later, again, out loud, right, just ignored what I said, did it again. And then uh, pointed out, please, I don't want to hear you, you know, saying that word here. Thank you very much. 
<laughs> and he, he ignored me again and again third time name of the Lord in vain out loud you know out of frustration or whatever he was doing and I just and, and this is when the Holy Spirit just gives you those moments of inspiration you know and and, and I just said I just lifted my head and I said look who thinks that the Ten Commandments are a good idea and one of the students said he said I've, I've seen the film and another student says um, what are they write them on the board right and, uh, and I said okay I said what, what do you think if you come out of your house and you go to hop in your ute to, to come to trade school and you find that the ute is jacked up and all your mag wheels have been stolen off it don't you think it's a good that we have a rule thou shalt not steal and I said let's because that's what happened to one of the students the week before you see the subject at hand right and uh, I said now what say you you've married this beautiful girl so I said she's got blonde hair blue eyes and lips like roses and I said and you find her in bed with another bloke I said don't you think it's good we have a rule thou shalt not commit adultery and then I said let's say you're walking down the street and the and um the, the police pull up and they arrest you because someone accused you of being a partner with them in a, in a, in a robbery. Don't you think it's good that we have a rule, thou shalt not bear false witness? You see? And then, uh, what was the other one? Anyway, there, there was four. There was four. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, that's right. And I said, you know, and you're walking down the street, I said, and somebody pulls a gun on you, and they shoot you. I said, isn't that good that we have a rule, thou shalt not murder? Now they're getting the idea. And I said, now what about, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, he will not hold you guiltless, who takes his name in vain. Now I've got all the class looking at me, right? This is plumbers. Plumber apprentices, right? I've got all the class looking at me, and one of them says, Which God? See? I said, The Creator God. So the God who created this world. See? Then I start to talk about creation and how everything can only produce after its own kind. He said, It can't evolve from one thing to another. It's got to be after its own kind. I said, You can't have. You can't have a heart and then a thousand years later evolves some lungs you know I said everything's got to be created in every animal every species everything's got to be fully functional right at the word go otherwise it doesn't survive we've got extinction of species not evolution of species an hour later right an hour later I said right boys I think it's time we got back to some plumbing notes <laughs> you see I held their attention for an hour, witnessing about creation, about the word of God, about all those sorts of things, right? Because the subject at hand started off with somebody taking the name of the Lord in vain and the whole thing just flowed. You see? <laughs> so it's, it's the subject at hand. Look at where, where you're at. What are you doing, you know? And God will give you something, you know, if, you, if you're friendly and you, you just bring that up, you know, and you just share the gospel, you know, regarding that, you'll find it's not hard. It's easy. Now, second point, um, 
Jesus went to the Samaritan woman, right? Now, remember, Jesus previously had said, just when he sent the 70 out and the 12, and he said, you know, just go to the lost sheep of Israel, right? But here he is talking to the Samaritan woman. So Jesus is demonstrating that going to all the world means going to all the world. It's to go into everybody. You know, it's... it's uh, doesn't matter what uh, class of people it is, what culture it is, what colour their their skin. It doesn't matter what race. Doesn't matter what tradition. Doesn't matter what lifestyle. You share the gospel with them, right? Samaritan woman, go to anybody. Number three. Jesus has the answer. Jesus said. I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Now, how did all that come out? When you read the conversation there, right? Um, Jesus, verse 10, Jesus said, I, I knew, if you knew, Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep, how can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks the water, this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. See, it's the water Jesus gives. Jesus is the only way. He is the only answer. Don't be afraid. Don't get, don't get um, uh, caught in the, oh, well, there's many roads that lead to heaven and, and, uh, you know, and all this sort of stuff. Jesus is the only way. He is the answer, right? The woman said, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. See, she is still thinking along the natural line, physical water. Jesus has now switched from the natural to the spiritual. You see, living water. I am the living water. I am the way, Jesus is saying. So then Jesus said, go and call your husband, come back. She says, I have no husband. Jesus says, <laughs> you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you're now living with is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. All right? Jesus has the answer. Right? He is the only way... We must confidently proclaim the gospel. And the question I, I challenge you with this morning, are you confident in proclaiming the gospel? Do you really personally know that Jesus is the only way? Because if you're double-minded and you're not confident, well, you'll be umming and ahhing and spluttering and, and, and getting up, caught up in all sorts of conversations and you won't know where you're going. You see, even if you don't give all the answers even if you haven't got all the answers. When you go away from a conversation, that person will think, well, that person knew what he was talking about. Or that person knows where they're going. Or that person's found peace. Or that person is confident. 
You see, it's, it's the, often the impression you leave. You don't always convert somebody or bring somebody to the Lord straight away. We were talking last night, weren't we, Andrew, that sometimes it's about 37 encounters that somebody has before they eventually come to Christ from different people, different ways, different circumstances. And the Holy Spirit works on them all until that person comes to know Jesus. But in your friendship evangelism, if you're friendly and you're confident and you know where you stand in the Lord, you will leave that conversation with an impression that you, that person witnessing, has the answer. And later on when there is difficulty or trial, they very well might come back and ask you further questions. See, Jesus knew who he was. I am he, Jesus said. The woman said, we're looking for the Messiah. He said, I am he. He didn't go into proving that he was God. right? He didn't have to do anything like that. He just said, I am he. Now, the fourth point was the transition from the natural to the spiritual. Um, in your witnessing, you'd be aware of this uh, transition from the natural to the spiritual. <laughs> My wife and I were in Tasmania a few years back and um, we were walking down from Mount Wellington and, uh, and uh, I saw these guys with these like half mattresses on the back. And I was intrigued. And I said, and I said, what, what are those things you guys got on your backs? They said, oh, we're, we're free climbers. Free, you know, so if we, we climb up and we fall down, we land on the mattresses. I said, I said, are you guys Christians? They said, no. I said, well, have you asked Jesus to forgive your sins and you're all prayed up? They said, I said, no. I said, because I've read about you guys. I said, I read about a guy who was a free climber and he fell and he's, and he's, he gave up free climbing after he saw his mate's brain splatter on the ground. I said, I said, if you miss that mattress, I said, you're gone. <laughs> See, sometimes it's the way you say it, you see. And I'm laughing as I'm saying this, you see. And they said, oh, we don't climb any more than, any higher than six metres, you see. And I said, well, I hope you hit the mattress. <laughs> see? That was the end of the conversation. You know, goodbye, boys. Have a good day, you see. Now, I don't know whether the Holy Spirit works on that word and whether next time they're climbing up there six metres and they look down and think, yeah, I hope I hit that mattress. <laughs> see, you don't know. You don't know how God can work on the word that you leave behind. So you don't worry about having to bring them to the point of bowing the knee and confessing Jesus as Saviour. You are a friendship evangelist and you're just preaching the word. You see, you're giving the word, you're pointing people to Jesus. <laughs> you know, I still laugh about that today. You guys all prayed up, are you Christians? <laughs> uh, praise God. From the natural to the spiritual. Another, another illustration. I was, uh, I was in, uh, we were at Port Arthur in Tasmania, Laurie and I. And 
and your legs walked off and I was sitting down and having a rest and Lorraine was looking for something else and uh, I saw this, this uh, young lady sitting in the corner and uh, I said, hello. I said, are you, uh, I said, are you a, a tourist or are you a guide? She said, I'm a guide. She said, I'm a guide. I'm on, on my lunch break. I said, oh, that's interesting. And I said, uh, you know, how long do you work here? She said, oh, I'm, I just work here part-time. I said, what do you do? She said, I'm, I'm studying at university to be a, a marine biologist. I said, oh, that's, that's so, so interesting. I've always been uh, interested in that, you know. Now, here's the technique again, right? You're going from, the, you're talking about them, you're going from the subject matter, right, marine biology, right, like Jesus the water, you're going to the subject matter and you're going to bring it around to spiritual things, see? So I said, I said, look, can you tell us, I want to know, I, 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 I have not got an answer to this, I want to know, you're studying marine biology, now can you explain to me how the fish came out of the water and then evolved into the lizard. What was the mechanism or the biological change that happened? How did it happen? How did it genetically change? Because you're studying that, right? How did that genetically change for the fish to evolve into the lizard? She said, I never thought of that. (laughs) So, So then I started to talk to her about how God created things in his after its own kind and there's a there's a genetic gap so wide it's impossible to pass. If you've ever read Michael Denton's book um, Evolution of Theory, Theory in Crisis he's a, he's a biologist and he talks about that he's, and he studied the genetic uh, mapping of a whole heap of creatures and he said it is absolutely physically impossible for one creature to evolve into another Kind and other species. We're not talking about what we call microbiology. We're not talking about variation in sheep or variations in dogs or variation in finches, right? We're talking about a fish to a lizard, see? Anyway, we had this conversation and she went away, shaking her head, she said, she said, you've really made me think today. That was the end of the conversation. You see? There was no argument. There was no, I wasn't criticising it. I was just asking a question. You, please, I want to learn. You, you teach me. You explain to me. You're studying marine biology. How, how did, how did the, how did the fish evolve into the lizard? Hasn't got an answer. Now, I don't know whether God's going to work on that word. Next time she's back at university and she's studying those books, whether that word, right, plants a seed in her heart and then she then pursues Studying, you know, the scripture or studying creation. We don't know. Again, there's the technique. You go from the, what the subject matter at the, the, the moment, the time, and, and lead it to the spiritual. Number five. Number five, the word of knowledge. Jesus had a word of knowledge, right? She had a, she, he had a, he used the gift of the word of knowledge. He said, you, of course you haven't got a husband. He said, you've had five, and the man you're living with is not your husband. Now, just a little side to this. Um, I was having, uh, uh, we were having uh, lunch with some some women, and this lady didn't come to our church. And uh, I got talking about this, 
And she said, you know, she said, it's always worried me because she was a, a divorced person. She said, always worried me. She said, well, I did the right thing, you know. I'm divorced from my husband. And, and so I quoted this. I said, I said you know, um, Jesus said to the woman of Samaria, he said, you've had five husbands and the one you're, not, you're with now is not your husband. I said, there's something important about, about uh, the marriage certificate and, and the divorce certificate, right? See, because in Jesus' days, you know, they allowed divorce. I said, now, Jesus recognised the divorce. You've had five husbands, but you're not married to the one you're living with now, so he's not your husband. You know this argument about, oh, we're living together, we're married in the sight of God? Well, that's not right, you see? This, this is the answer to that. But anyway, that's, that's the aside. Jesus had a word of knowledge. He said, he said you've had five husbands, but the man you're living with now is not your husband. See? A word of knowledge. Sometimes God will drop into your mind things that you think, well, where did that come from? That's the word of knowledge, right? Or it might be a word of wisdom. You know, I always pray, Lord, give me spiritual wisdom for spiritual things. Give me natural wisdom, natural things I do during the day. Do I go here? Do I go there? Do I buy this? Do I buy that? Natural wisdom. And a word of wisdom. I sometimes ask God, I might speak to somebody and you've got a word for them, a word of wisdom. Lord, may I be the channel for that word of wisdom, you know? So anyway, here's another example. I was teaching at Footscray TAFE, my second year of uh, TAFE teaching, and um, I was teaching second year plumbing apprentices and uh, we had this room underneath the the main building, we called it the dungeon, and anyway, there was the doorway and over the doorway, darkened doorway, there was a, a window like that over there, just a window above it, but the window was blacked out with black paint. And we'd had some problems um, with the apprentices. We didn't know who it was, but there was somebody graffitiing, uh, you know, the, the workshop and the toilet and all that sort of stuff. And it was a problem. And, and as a staff, we had a staff meeting. We said, well, we'll try and find out who, who's, who's doing the graffiti. Anyway, after morning tea, I come down to lead the second year of group of apprentices in to do a theory lesson. And I noticed the black uh, out window up there there was the F word scratched in the black paint. You know, I thought, I thought to you, that wasn't there before. So anyway, I, I brought all the boys in. We sat down. I said, right now, I said, uh, open up your regulations. We're doing a study on the, on the plumbing regulations. I said, open up your regulations to, to um, page such and such. And uh, you know, there was the two rows of, of desks there. And I said, to, um, I said to this student that was sitting there, now, this, this just come into my mind like this. I said, have you got 20 cents on you? He said, yes, yeah, sir. He said, I've got 20 cents. And he pulled 20 cents out of his pocket. And I said, what are these flakes of black paint doing on the 20 cents? I said, you scratched that up there, didn't you? Come with me. Took him up to the head of the department. He was expelled from the school, and he had to finish his apprenticeship at um, at uh, Werribee TAFE. Now, <laughs> this is the point. Where did I get the idea of twenty cents? 
scratching it. Could have been 10 cents. Could have been 5 cents. Could have been his fingernail. Right? Why did all of a sudden my mind come, and that student, I didn't know who it was. I just, I just pointed at that student and said, you got 20 cents on you. <laughs> Sprung. How did that happen? That's sometimes when you're witnessing, right, a thought will come to you and you won't realise till afterwards that that was of the Holy Ghost. You know? And it's the word that God wants you to put into the life of that person. You know? Be aware of that. So say, Lord, you guide me. All right? So the word of knowledge, spiritual gifts, God wants to use them. Point number six. Um, in verse 22, verse 22, Jesus said, You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is of the Jews. The worship has got to be Christ-focused. Right? When, when you're witnessing in your friendship evangelism, bring it around to Jesus Christ. Even Paul, we've got, we got two examples in the book of Acts. Uh, when Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost, he's preaching to Jews and Jewish proselytes. He quotes the, the, the Old Testament prophecies, he quotes David, and he brings it round to Christ and the resurrection. Paul in Acts 17 on Mars Hill, he's preaching to the Greeks. He's, he uses what was, what was the issue? Ha, you've got a, an image to the unknown God. Paul focuses on that. Paul even quotes their own poets, but then he leads them around to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Your worship and, and your witnessing must eventually, given time, bring them around to Jesus. He's the only way. He's died on the cross for us. He was sinless. He was God in the flesh. There's salvation in none other but the Lord Jesus Christ. And so point number seven, we must show them Jesus, who he is. He is creator. He is God. He is saviour. He's the sin bearer. He's the substitute, right? And he's the one that we point men to. I was, um, uh, when uh, the Andrews government a few years ago stopped the CRE program in the state schools, we had, in our church, we had eight people in the congregation teaching CRE in our local uh, primary schools in Maryborough. We were touching 400 kids a week. And then the Andrews government said, not allowed anymore. CRE because it was law. Uh, if you had a CRE teacher, they could teach half an hour a week in the primary school, in the school time, as you can only do it before school, after school, or lunchtime. And uh, I thought, well, a lot of our kids come to school on buses, so I said, it's, you know, it's not going to work. So I said, well, I'll start one myself. Right? Now, in our church, we've got, we've got carpenters, joiners, uh, electronics people, cooks, right? right? I said, well, I'm going to start it myself. Now, I'm, I'm 70, right? So we started back this when I was 68. And I said, I'm going to start an after-school program. So I've got a, a pamphlet flyer written out. I, I went to the, to the two local high schools. I went to the primary schools around the area. And I targeted years 5, 6, 7, 8 and 9. And I said, we've got half an hour Christian religious education 
focusing on values and ethics and one and a quarter hours on practical electives where we're, we're offering uh, woodwork, um, cooking, electronics, art and craft. Right? Last year we had about 15 kids come to that program and for half an hour I taught them under the banner of the church, see? Now I'm not restricted to the, all the government rules. Teach them creation, teach them Jesus, teach them their value, teach them God loves them. You know? Half an hour of that, then they go away and do their, their practical. Right? Start something. Great idea, isn't it? Can you do that? All you talented people in this congregation <laughs> with all your giftings, right? You start something. You know, I heard something, you've you got a craft group going in this church. You craft group. Five people along, come to the craft group, you know? Sitting down doing your craft, talk about the Lord, you know? And there's, there's heaps of things we can do if we just obey the Great Commission. Different ways we can do it to touch our society. Um, after I retired um, full time I, I taught part time tape teaching for nine years after I retired I put up my hand and said well ok I'm going into the, into the local uh, local high school as part of the journeys program I said look I can help you guys out here I will take five kids out of year nine they can come with me every Friday and we'll do plumbing work the kids loved it right? they're out of the school out from under the school rules they come with me. We went into houses. We washed taps. We did hot and cold rough-ins. We did ducted central heating unit. We did all sorts of stuff, all sorts of plumbing work. Put in a couple of septic tank systems, right? Did sheet metal work, made ladder boxes, right? Did all sorts of plumbing work. Kids like we did that for eight years till they shut the program down. What can you do? Talent. What's your trowel? What's your sword? You know the scripture, you've got an experience, you know who Jesus is, you know where you're going in the Lord, but you've also got a trail, you've got a skill, you've got an ability, you've got a way to bring the gospel to your community. Friendship, evangelism. Uh, last year we started what was called Repair Cafe. We, uh, one of the guys in church, he's a retired joiner, and uh, I said to Tom... Um, Let's go to GILP, that's Goldfield Employment Learning Centre. Um, let's do a repair cafe. So once a month, half a dozen people come and I show them how to fix up their garden hoses and how plumbing fittings go together and how to solder and how to heaps of plumbing stuff, how to fix taps, rewash the taps. Tom showed them how to cut glass, how to glaze a window, how to put in a door lock, how hinges work, you know. And we're working the carpentry and the plumbing together and they absolutely love it. And it's once a month, two hours of a Friday. Is it a commitment? Yes, it's a commitment. But out of that comes friendship. Out of that comes evangelism. Out of, come, out of comes your witness in the community. And you don't know what God's going to use out of what you say and what you demonstrate for his glory. Amen. My time's up. I've gone five minutes over time. Please forgive me. <laughs>